welcome to Transistor Radio, a story thus far podcast that's broadcasting everything trans. I'm your Transistor Athena. And I'm Transistor Aaron. And for the first time ever, you may be listening to a podcast recording, but we are live on Twitch right now in this moment. There's some weird timey-wimey stuff, because if you're listening to the recording, then we're not live, but we were live at the time. It's... Currently, we are stuck. most likely still alive. That is that is a fact. We are definitely live, but all live, but probably not live on Twitch. Um, so yeah, but we're live right now, and it's great, and it's cool, Hi. and we're doing it, and it works, and everything functions, and we have a cool overlay made by none other than our fabulous Aaron. Meh. It's awesome. Mm. <laughs> so right. yeah. So real quick before we jump into the actual show, because it works, we are doing another one of these. That means we're next week on Sunday, February 24th, we are streaming live again uh, with another Transistor Radio Live. So tune in for episode 28 live, as well as episode 27 live. Although if you're able to tune in for episode 21, 27 live, that means you're watching it right now as I'm saying this. So you can't tune into it if you're listening to the whatever timey-wimey stuff the point is episode 28 will also be live and that will be february 24th starting at roughly 2 p.m eastern standard time so please tune in if you're interested but for now with that announcement out of the way i think it's time to get into our actual episode right which is today is an episode i've wanted to do for a little bit um but it's an episode called so you think you're trans now what and um, the thought process behind this episode is I remember when I first came out as trans, or more specifically, when I first figured out that I was trans, I had a lot of questions. What's the first step? What's, what should you expect to do quickly or not quickly or that sort of thing? And so that's what we want to do. So uh, maybe you're an established listener of this show and you want to um, know, like, what are the things that maybe I haven't done? Or maybe you're a new person who just Googled, I think I'm trans now what? And you found this episode, in which case, hello, and here's some tips. That's the thought process. So this is going to be interesting for me because you had that transition that was super quick. And I I, I took so long. uh, It's not as long as others, I know. uh, But I took about three to four months uh, questioning and figuring things out. Of figuring this out in three to four months and hopefully we can kind of condense that down so you don't go three to four months and try to figure things out one way or the other well i will um, say technically i started hrt on june 1st of 2016 and but i first started seeing a gender therapist um at the end of november just after thanksgiving of 2015. so that means i went um what was it uh eight seven months seven months so yeah i had about seven months between when i started questioning and when i actually started hormones and started my transition and so it was really about six months before i finally settled on i was trans and i there's a lot of stuff that went into that uh which i'll talk about that like i was questioning that i had to resolve um but in general, I kind of want to talk about like, what are the first steps that I took? What are the first things I did? And what should I have done sooner that I think would have helped more? Yeah. Okay, so do you want to get started with your first steps or should I? Um, I'll go ahead and get started. Um, so I think one of the, the two things that I did like immediately that I found most beneficial that I would recommend are the first one is if you are comfortable with it, 
or and I was and due to the nature of how I came out oh god I bumped my mic uh <laughs> due to the nature of how I came out um I came out to somebody who at the time was somebody I confided and trusted in they were my partner at the time now we're exes so the whole kettle of bad worms there um but the kettle I, of bad worms yes don't don't judge my analogies they're accurate and effective just you <laughs> Um, so when I came out, I, I'm the kind of person who needs to talk to somebody very quickly. Um, I resolve problems by talking to people. Um, I, and I'm the kind of person who I talk to somebody and through talking to somebody and saying stuff out loud, I'm essentially like verbally throwing stuff at a wall and hoping something sticks. And eventually I figured out what it is that I was trying to say and what it is that it, that meant about me. And so that's true of both when I talk to people and when I talk to my therapist. And so the first thing, the first major step that I took was going to find a therapist and also having finding someone that I could confide in and discuss things with who wasn't a therapist. Because the downside to a therapist is you have to pay them money. Uh, and so it's nice to have somebody who you don't have to pay money to so uh, that you can talk to as well. So true. <laughs> So to me, my first step was finding a very, very close friend, or in this case, significant other, um, and also a therapist who I could discuss things with. And that was my really important first step. Um, now, that is a pretty major first step. So I don't think that's the first step that everyone's going to take. So a smaller step that you could take to get there is to find some online resources. So I might recommend if you've just come out as trans and you've just, or you've just realized you're trans, I might recommend looking for some uh, trans safe spaces online, like forums or Discord servers or Reddits or yes. whatever. Uh, if you are not a part of reddit.com, they do have, it is not exactly the most trans friendly website as a whole, but uh, there mm -hmm. are trans friendly subreddits that are like slash RTRAA, which is just a meme subreddit for people who have relatable memes to being trans. Uh, it's one of mine favorites that I like I to love that browse. Uh, but the one that I found most useful was slash r ask transgender, and that is www.reddit.com slash r slash ask transgender. Uh, and that yes. is a place you can go in, literally say, I'm questioning this. They have a frequently asked questions, that's very helpful. Uh, the users there are mostly really helpful, and if there's any sort of judgment or bigotry or anything going on, the mods take care of it really quick. Uh, so. It's a very nice safe space for people who are questioning because my God, I use that so much whenever I was first coming out. <laughs> yeah, r slash uh, transgender is a phenomenal one. Um, I'm also, there's a few others that I'm a big fan of. Just r slash transgender in general is a good place to find transgender news and resources. Um, while you're on Reddit, there's also uh, say, if you are like me and you are in a relationship, at the time that you figure out you're trans, you may feel the need to help your partner find some resources on this sort of information. And a great one for that is r slash my partner is trans. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I that's a really that handy one, one for, for partners of trans people um, to, to maybe find some resources. Um, and there's, there's a few others. Uh, maybe if you're worried, uh, a, a big one that was a worry for me was what I would look like after transition. Uh, and so to help me try and understand what was possible with transition, I looked at r slash trans passing. I don't know if that's the best subreddit in the world. It's kind of weird. There's but. another one that is called trans timelines, which is 
I yes, find more very appropriate. Good. <laughs> yes, trans timelines is also very good. Um, but yeah, di uh, you can also find Discord servers. So there's also r slash trans gamers. You can look on there for gamers who are playing games. So maybe if you want to have trans people to play games with, maybe you could find a Discord server on there that you could hang out with people. Um, but there's any number of resources that are available to you as a trans person of online communities. And if you're not quite ready to take the step to talk to somebody in person or not quite ready to talk to somebody uh, as a therapist, or maybe you're you're just still in that phase of, I don't know if I'm actually trans, I'm just questioning. Um, all of these online resources are a great way to start doing that questioning process without having to find or commit to something like a therapist or something like telling somebody who you can't untell that you're having these feelings. Exactly. And um, another thing that I found really helpful, and this kind of helped me come to terms with that was the fact that I was trans, I started watching a bunch of totally different trans YouTubers. I couldn't name uh, any single one off the top of my head except for Ash Hardell. I don't watch her, his stuff anymore. They're kind of fluid with their pronouns as far as when I last checked, maybe they've changed it, but uh, they are a very helpful resource for questioning, figuring this thing out. They have a book, I think it's called ABCs of LGBT, something like that. Uh, that mm -hmm. can be helpful, though I haven't personally read it. Uh, it's available for free, so if you want to get it, you can grab it. <laughs> um, I I found a lot of common ground with YouTubers talking about their experience, and it was a lot... It's hard to talk one-on-one -on -one to a person about this thing that you're not really comfortable with yourself about just yet. And so having somebody who is most likely already comfortable talking about the times that they weren't helping you relate and kind of go through, hey, we have a podcast doing the same thing. Awesome, right? Uh, <laughs> um, I found a lot of comfort in finding YouTubers and I couldn't find any trans podcasts, hence why we have this one. <laughs> Uh, yep. And I also had a nice name for a pun. So, hey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love this yes. one. Uh, but finding people talking about their experiences online. Another place you can go is called Susan's Place. It's a transgender uh, resource. It's a forum. Yes. It's a news place. They have all sorts of resources. I think they have one on stuff like talking and binding and things like mm -hmm. that. Um, it's super helpful. For me, that was probably my biggest comfort was an online community because as you guys know i'm in texas which is not exactly transgender friendly mm -hmm. our people were the ones who kind of pushed that bathroom bill thing super hard oh. yeah so uh it's it's hard and going on to that online communities and offline communities can be helpful uh google the name p flag um yes i got it right <laughs> PFLAG is going to be a great resource for you. If your community is small, there's a good chance they still have it. It's a trans-specific part of the LGBT support group, and if you don't have that, at least look for an LGBT support group in your town. Uh, and I was a little turned off by this. It was at a random church downtown. I would recommend going with a friend. So uh, Agreed. it's always nice to have something. That being said, Athena talked about this, the very first person I ever came out to, as soon as I realized, like, accepted I was not cis, was my significant other at the time. Uh, and that was a hard, scary conversation, and there's not really mm -hmm. anything I can say that's going to make it easier. 
Uh, I can't reassure you in any way because I don't know the person you're talking to. And even if I did know, I don't know how they're going to react. Uh, yeah. But it's a hard conversation to have. It's an incredibly hard conversation. Uh, I will say that I, if you know for a fact that they are not exactly trans friendly for your own safety, maybe consider times and places and ways of coming out or taking care of one thing or the other before putting yourself in a vulnerable situation where you could get hurt. Uh, I think that's yeah. something a lot of people think they're going to be okay with and then they aren't. So that's one thing. Um, yeah, I, I think having the conversation with a partner um, is really going to depend on who your significant other is and how you expect they'd react. Um, you're going to know them a lot better than either Aaron or right. I. Um, the same is true with conversations with parents and family members. Like It's, it's very hard to guide a, another trans person on something like a coming out talk um, because it's so dependent on who it is that you're talking mm -hmm. to. And you're going to know them way better than I am. Here's a few things that I did in that conversation. And my conversation was very, very different uh, than I think most people's are. Because my conversation with my partner wasn't, I think I'm trans, can you help me? It was my partner said, I think you might be trans. Can you go, do you have some resources? Yeah, and it was because she and I had talked before, like when we started dating that I in the past had had feelings about wanting to be a girl. I was like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to be a girl. Spoiler alert, that was not true. Are a girl. Um, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So, um, and so she kind of knew that and I was having those feelings come up again. I was looking at dresses, stuff like that. So in general, <laughs> like my conversation was very different because my at the time my significant other was much more socially observant than i was <laughs> um and that included of my own social cues <laughs> so uh again it's it's going to be very different a few strategies that i found useful were if you are still questioning be upfront about that like let them know that like hey i i don't know if i'm there yet and what i'm looking for is not you know a solution to a problem or how do i deal with this or give me five quick fixes to being trans like that's not what i'm looking for i'm looking for support and a, a sounding board mm -hmm. for questions yep. and i think if for me approaching the conversations like that while i was still in the questioning phase made it a lot easier to have those conversations because the conversations were then set up to reflect how i actually felt and not just hey i'm trans <laughs> like, because I wasn't sure I was trans yet, so I wasn't ready to have that kind of a conversation. Right. And that—that's my advice too. I, if you're one of those who thinks, well, I know I'm not cis, so maybe I just wait a while until I figure something out. I, that's just going to cause a lot of hurt for both of y'all down the line. It's going to be a lot of like secret hiding. It's not worth it. Seriously, just be straight up up mm -hmm. front. Uh, what I had to say was. I think I am trans in some way. I don't know what that way is. And so that's almost literally how I put it, was I would like to get a gender therapist, if I can find one, and really figure myself out, figure out if I am really trans, if these are feelings stemming from something else, or if it's a uh, situation where I am trans, but like non-binary, because like I said in a few episodes, that was my go-to because it was me clinging on to that last little bit of, well, maybe I don't have to present to society, you know? Uh, and that's not saying anything about non-binary people. That's just how I 
was trying to find solace and seeing like, well, maybe I can be androgynous mm. enough to comfort me and comfort society, which I don't do that. <laughs> Unless your safety is immediately at risk, don't do that. Be true to yourself. So yeah. Uh, after that, I came out to one of my best friends uh, who wasn't even there at the time. They lived in New Mexico. They still live in New Mexico. Um, they, <laughs> this was an awkward situation because I was invited to their wedding as a bridesmaid when I was presenting mail. Uh, and so they were like, oh, cool. I just have all bridesmaids now. Awesome. <laughs> uh, so that was a That's fun amazing. situation. Um, but with that, uh, that, that was a lot easier coming over text and especially because I knew the person like it, it there's there's a difference when it's like a really close friend you don't live with <laughs> uh and I feel like some people will know their friends well enough I had known this person for five years so I knew all of their ins and outs in every way <laughs> um so coming out to them was a lot easier I was a little nervous coming out to them due to various factors but um Knowing that person as a whole did help me kind of come out. Now, this is something I want to talk about. I want you to consider that while the person you're coming out to may be supportive, loving, because all the people that I came out to at that time were very supportive and very loving, uh, you need to consider how their familial relationships might affect your relationship mm -hmm. with them, um, especially if they don't live on their own yet. Uh, there may be friends who like I have had that came out uh, if their parents know they don't want you near them you know for whatever reason uh, I had some really rude comments and every single rude comment I ever got came from the parents of friends not from my friends themselves yeah uh, so that's something you need to consider uh, and I say that point so you can ask them hey don't tell anybody about this hopefully you trust your friends enough not to to have that betrayed but there are still people out there that will tell their parents thinking they are an exception to the rule you need to be very clear about saying please don't tell your parents because yeah. some people will say i'm not going to tell anybody but they don't think family counts you know yes yeah especially if you're very early on in transition i think this is a lesson or if you're not even at transition if you're at the questioning phase this is a lesson that i also learned pretty early on which is tell whoever you are confiding in not to tell anyone else or if they want to tell somebody else that they should ask you first yep a hundred percent it is your right to get to tell people to decide when people know about you and how you're feeling mm -hmm. uh the last thing i wanted to say on my whole finding online resources uh was check and see if your state has any online resources so oh um, yeah there is a wonderful website if you are an indiana trans person called indiana transgender network that is absolutely phenomenal and has tons of resources on therapists srs doctors hormone providers so much stuff is available to you online on that website if you are in indiana and so I might look in i might recommend looking to see if you can find anything like that for your state so maybe google transgender and followed by the state name or maybe get specific look for the city this can also be a really good way to find a gender therapist um but just in general i think looking for resources related to your state maybe you'll find um the pflag organization has meetings in your area that sort of thing so i highly recommend looking up statewide resources 
um, and looking for, for that kind of information as well. So that can be another thing that can get you those, those early starting resources. Yep, no matter how conservative your state is, if you're in Georgia, if you're in Texas, there are gay people in your state, there are trans people in your state, and yep. somebody has most likely made an online resource. And if they haven't, you could be the first, hence why mm -hmm. we kind of have this podcast. So yeah. uh, Texas has actually a, I think it's about 12 page document. And it's like, here's some uh, books you can read. Here's some things you can give your friends and family. Uh, and some of them are out of date, I will admit, but some of them aren't. And so take a look at that list. Google is your friend. Absolutely. So that was all wrapped up in my first thing you should do. <laughs> Aaron, what is the first thing you wanted to talk about? Well, that, that was really a lot of what I wanted to talk about too, was uh, finding someone you can talk to is important, but to me, the number one priority is find a support network, whatever that is. And that's what these past 20, 30-ish, whatever minutes, however long this ends up being, uh, has been about is find that support network because this is not an easy thing. Anybody who tells you it's an easy, quick, quote unquote, decision, it's not a decision. It's a hard yeah. thing to wrap your head around. And it's it's a hard thing to answer in general. Mm -hmm. um, I think um, when I was first questioning, one of the things was like, how, well, I'm just questioning. I'm not sure yet. And honestly, like the hardest lesson I had to learn was I don't think I will ever be sure. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm all the way here on the other side of surgery. I'm much happier, but I still have days sometimes where I'm like, did I make the right choice? Did I mess up? And maybe that's just personal anxiety. That's just dysphoria, whatever. But in general, I think being trans is something that you may question for the rest of your life. And I don't think, I think if, if you come into this especially if you are someone who is in the phase of, I think I'm trans and you found this podcast. There is one thing you take away from this podcast. My recommendation is you will never know for sure. And I think you have to ultimately be okay with that. Maybe you'll be lucky. Maybe someday, maybe, maybe you're one of the few people who knew immediately and, and you solved it and congratulations. But maybe you're like me where you're never going to know if you made the right answer, made the right choice. You're never going to know if you walked down the right path when you could have gone down the left one. <laughs> and ultimately, I'm like 95% confident that I made it. And as a physics major, 95% confidence is fucking fantastic. So <laughs> I'll, I'll accept that. Um, but do keep that in mind. I think it's okay that even if two years from now, you're into your transition and still questioning, that's okay. And also, if you're two years down the line, and you're into your, I don't think I'm actually trans, I'm not gonna transition phase, and you have those days where you question, that's also okay. It is okay to question it and decide that you are not trans. It's okay to yes, go down this completely. path and question it and realize you're actually non-binary or gender fluid or whatever it is. You don't have to pick one. You can pick whatever <laughs> it is that's most comfortable for you. Part of the reason it took me seven months to start HRT is I spent three months thinking I was gender fluid. And that's okay. It's okay. Explore yep. those things. Same. And I think um, that's another good lesson to take away, in my opinion, is when you are approaching this, 
you don't need to come to the right answer immediately. It's okay to explore. It's okay to try things out and try things on that fit you. Try new labels, try uh, maybe you're um, gender fluid, maybe you're non-binary, maybe you are actually trans, or maybe you're just a cis person who likes to dress up in drag. That could also be a thing. Whatever it is that fits you, it's okay to not know. And it's okay to come into this without knowing where you wanna go. And I think if you, for me, one of, and, and I think the reason I stress this so much is one of the things that kept me from getting any further was I thought I had to know for sure. And that is why it took me seven months to start hormones ultimately. And believe me, if I could go back in time, you know, whatever, three-ish years ago and tell me like, hey, look now, you did it, you figured it out. So just start sooner. I absolutely would in a heartbeat. So <laughs> don't worry about knowing for sure. It is okay to try things on for size. Yep. Uh, part of, well, actually, I, I would say even in this time period, that is the main reason you seek out gender therapy is so that they can guide you along the way with the right ways to experiment to get your own answers. A, a gender therapist should not tell you you're trans. Mm -hmm. They should not tell you you're not trans either. Yeah. They should guides you in the way saying okay so this is what you're thinking let's go ahead and experiment by uh presenting this way some of the assignments i got were i want you to present femme and i want you to go to a store in a town that you don't live in somewhere you haven't been to find a mall in a town that's like 10 30 minutes away and just go tell me how you feel take a little notepad write it down and come back. And so it's stuff like that to where you can go out and experiment in ways that aren't gonna be, you know, as quote unquote detrimental to your social health. Uh, if you get found out, if you have somebody walk in and you they recognize you, you know? And so experimentation is the key to finding out who you are. And if you find out you're not trans, that's great. If you find out you are, that's wonderful. And it's just what makes you comfortable in your own body. And that's all we're trying to do here is not have this constant pain, emotional and physical going on and trying to figure out what that is, how to fix it and get rid of this dissonance that's going on in our day to day life. And it matters. And it's important to take the time you need to figure stuff out. The reason it took me three months is because I was experimenting. I didn't know. There was a little bit of transphobia that I had in my head. There was a little bit of just a lot of toxic feelings that I had going on that kept me from one way or the other and that's where I really think a professional will help you deal with that kind of stuff because that's what helped me deal with my kind of stuff uh, but no matter what figuring yourself out is what everybody does in life figuring out career paths interest hobbies friends relationships and all that and figuring out yourself and this is a big part of that so figuring out yourself is something you really need to take as much time as you need. And I would be a big proponent of not taking any more time than what you need to, so. Well, I would say as much as I regret not starting sooner because I know now what the answer was, I also recognize that I needed that time to figure it out. And so I think it's, it's okay if you spend six months questioning it's okay if you spend 20 mm -hmm. years questioning <laughs> like really it's it's your timetable it's however long it takes you to figure it out and 
maybe that answer is never 100%. Maybe that answer is only 51% and you lean towards the 1%. But in you general, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> in general, I think it's, this is, if you just realized that you think you might be trans, consider the next few months or the next few years, your chance to figure out who you really are. And answering that question is a lifelong journey. Oh, <laughs> Buckle yes. in, folks. Very much so. So how do you go about finding a gender therapist? Yeah, let's, that's, a good, that's a good one to, to segue into. Um, so how you find one is going to be fairly dependent um, on what it is you're looking for. So I'll talk about how I found it. So again, I was very lucky um, that I have the Indiana Transgender Network in my state. Uh, and they have a bunch of gender therapists. So basically what I did was I went on their website and looked at a bunch of therapists to look for reviews. But the way I actually found one was I typed into Google Maps gender therapist and picked the closest one to my house. <laughs> that is how I picked my gender therapist. Now, I, after finding the one that was closest to my house, went online and read about her on the network and saw her reviews and she had good reviews. So I was like, okay, I will go check out this gender therapist. But what I would recommend is I think there's a few things that you can look out for when you actually get to the therapy appointment. So I have no insight on how to find a good one online because I lucked out and really didn't do my due diligence of research. So obviously there are things you can look out for. So like if you are looking on their website and they mention anything along the lines of conversion therapy, run away. If they mention a religion online, run away. Um, unless you happen to be of that religion, but I'd still recommend running away because what you really want to look for in a therapist, in my opinion, is somebody who is unbiased. You want to find somebody who's going to give you something that is as close to a transparent window into your soul with no biases than as possible. And, and one of the things I, I don't want this to come across as we hate religion. No, no, no. I am trying to point out that there are people who in my town are yes. anti-LGBT, anti-trans, anti-lot of people, and one of the ways that they do their form of conversion therapy, not literally electroshock treatments, but they will go online and say, I'm an LGBT-friendly therapist and also a religious therapist, and they yes. won't put anything else. And so yes. that's, that's why I'm really apprehensive of recommending you guys go towards that. And it's a yes. way for them to get people in here and say, you're not trans, you're just X, Y, Z, or the other thing. And that's the other warning sign that I want to say. If, they're, if they are telling you what you are, you probably need a different person. Yeah, and so... Yeah. That would, that's one of the big warning signs. So an example of how my therapist handled that. So probably three months into therapy with my therapist. Obviously at this point I'd figured out I liked my therapist because I've been going there for three months. But I asked her, a, the, the question I asked her, I was, I was struggling. I felt like I'd made no progress in three months in figuring out this question and solving it. And so after three months, I finally was kind of like ending the session, breaking down, crying, and was like, do you think I'm trans? I asked my therapist, do you think I'm trans? And she said, I don't know if you're trans, but I'm pretty sure you're not cis. <laughs> that was her answer to that question. And I think that's the kind of therapist you should be looking for. A therapist who 
isn't going to tell you the answer to who you are because the answer to who you are only you can decide yep but i think you should be looking for a therapist who's willing to leave all options on the table and that's why i say if you see the warning sign of religion walk away it's because very frequently now this isn't always true there are therapists out there who are both religious Mm -hmm. and lgbt friendly and those two things are separate i have met some of them they are great people but by and large you also have to be worried about the the people who are saying they're lgbt friendly so they can push their religious agenda and Mm -hmm. so as a general rule of thumb I would avoid those kinds of therapists. I would look for somebody who just talks about being a gender therapist. If somebody's on the statewide registry or whatever as in LGBT, if you have that little PFLAG group that has recommended therapists, there's a good chance they're actually friendly. Uh, And that was the most useful resource for me. Uh, I went to one of the meetings and one of the things that came up as we had some new trans people there, some questioning people, they were asking about therapists and they brought some people up and one of the one of the things they talked about was i am very religious but i'm also questioning my gender and i have been trying to talk to xyz therapist about this and somebody else in the group happened to go there and they were like no i've been to their sessions before and they're not actually lgbt friendly they're just trying to convert you (laughs) and like that's the that's the thing that i'm talking about and maybe this is specific to conservative areas rural areas but that's just been my experience is that you want to be very very careful because not not that it's bad to be to question and find out you're not trans what's bad is to end up causing a lot of damage for somebody else's yes. opinion. <laughs> yes. Um, while we're on this topic of picking a therapist, what are your thoughts on picking a therapist who doesn't specialize in gender therapy? Uh, I kind of did that, actually. <laughs> hmm. uh, my therapist is amazing. They are a family, uh, a wedding counselor, or wedding? Marriage counselor, sorry. A, uh, and a family counselor. And so I looked for that, and they just happen to be on the list as LGBT friendly. And so they don't specialize in LGBT issues. I think I was the first trans person that she had, but uh, that being said, it it was amazing going through that. Um, I would say give them a shot. Obviously, ask around, check reviews, all that. Uh, I personally don't like going to group meetups but that is a good way of doing it is because you're in the same area there's a good chance that they go there uh one of the girls that i met from that group goes to my laser place and i didn't know it until they walked in for an appointment one day so <laughs> like use your local resources to the best of your ability uh find what they are using the internet uh having that what is it anonymity on the internet is extremely valuable in this day and age. So another thing I recommend, make a new email. Just yep. a throwaway. <laughs> uh, that way you can sign up for some of these places and not have your professional email account, your personal email account where others might see it, get spammed with all this, and then you have people, you're, you're being outed to people that you don't know because of some subscription thing or whatever, so. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, I would say, so I went to one, I went to a therapist who specialized in LGBT Mm -hmm. issues, 
um, and has a lot of trans patients. Um, her partner is actually trans as well. Um, and one advantage to going to a trans specialist is they're going to have a lot of resources to give yes. you. So literally within the first two appointments that I went to, my therapist was like, I was asking, like, I'm worried I'm going to have to have this conversation with my parents and I have to have this conversation with other mm -hmm. people. And she literally was like, hang on, and handed me two different pamphlets about how to have a coming out talk or how to explain to conservative parents about being trans. Yep. Um, and in that sense, she's also the one who recommended, um, like, the, the, the support group that I went to once or twice. Um, she's the one who recommended several different places that I went to. She got me uh, information about uh, my HRT provider and all that stuff. And she was very plugged into all of the resources available to transgender people. And that came in very helpful for me because it meant that a lot of the legwork I would have had to do on my own was already done by questions I could ask my therapist. Um, and that was pretty comforting because I felt like I had an expert kind of in my corner fighting for me to help me figure this stuff out. And it eased a lot of my anxiety. Yep. So maybe if you're worried about finding resources or that sort of thing, I might recommend you lean specifically towards a specialist mm -hmm. in that area um, to find it is, those It is literally their job to help you. And so in my situation where she didn't have resources immediately available, she did standard therapy counseling for the first session, asked me questions, got to know me, and then uh, I brought up my gender issues about halfway through because I, I put it on the reason. It was just, she's getting to know me the first 30 minutes or whatever. And then after that, it was, what do you have questions about? What are you worried about? How can I help you through this if we continue forward with these sessions? And my biggest concerns were, I don't know how to come out to my family. I don't know how to come out at work. I don't know how to make this transition because I'm worried about X, Y, or Z. And her solution was not, uh, well, none of that's going to happen. You don't need to worry. It was, if this happens, I'm going to give you the resources available to me to you so that you can make it through it totally fine, uh, or at least as fine as you can be. So if the family stuff goes bad, they're going to be able to help you through it. If the friend stuff goes bad, they can help you through it. They can work with you through this kind of stuff. So all that negativity and that fear, a specialist can really help you deal with it, whether it happens or not. So sometimes you're going to be pleasantly surprised and sometimes you're not and having a specialist in your corner is really, really, really useful. So that's why we're spending so much time on this is because that was my first step after coming out to those two people was to find a therapist. And about a month later, maybe I think it was two months later, I finally found that therapist and then I got to really start working on it. And so I, I highly, mm -hmm. highly recommend saving up as much as you can and going out because insurance or not it's about a hundred bucks a session without insurance give or take it was a hundred bucks with insurance oh wow <laughs> yeah but that's because my insurance plan was you pay completely out of pocket until you meet your deductible so my insurance plan sucked my insurance didn't cover anything mental yeah so your insurance also sucked yeah <laughs> <laughs> um okay so We've talked a lot about therapists, but uh, one last thing I want to say on the therapist thing is don't be afraid to walk away. Treat that first therapy session as almost like an interview. Look for those signs, look for the things, ask questions and get a feel for this person. 
And it's, if you feel awkward or uncomfortable or like the therapist is like pushing you or, or not helping you or stressing you out or anything, be okay to walk away. Therapy should be something comfortable. It should be something helpful. And you shouldn't feel stressed out or like you're in a terrible space when you're in therapy. And so I would highly recommend that if you can, walk away from the first session if you don't feel safe. That's totally okay. Um, don't feel committed to, to one therapist. And it's okay to, to Make try sure they don't out. do anything weird like, you have to sign this contract for X number of sessions. I don't know a single therapist who does that. That yeah, sounds like that. a multi-level don't, marketing like, no. scheme. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, you should, if you are going to a therapy session, you should have the ability to walk out at any time. Period. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like you, it's not like a, why, like you should not get a therapist who treats therapy like a, a phone contract where you sign a bill and if you leave after 12 months, you have to pay for the price of the phone. In this case, the price of the phone is like, I don't know, something related to therapy. <laughs> I can't, I ran out of jokes, okay? <laughs> don't it's, judge. It's, it's true. <laughs> So you are in control here, and I think that's something everybody kind of needs to hear. You're in control of your therapy mm -hmm. session. You're in control of your transition. This is all you, and that can be comforting and terrifying at the same time. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Yeah. So do you have any uh, final thoughts? Um, yeah, I actually want to take a step back a little bit because we jumped straight to therapy and online resources, but I... I wanna to step to a, a, a few techniques to help you answer the question. Because if you are questioning, if you think you're trans, professional resources are a great tool, but there are other tools at your disposal. And there's one in particular that I want to recommend because it helped me immensely. And that is keeping a journal. So I'm not the kind of person who keeps a journal. My therapist recommended this to me. I am not the kind of person who sits down and is like, I must dialogue my life. In fact, the closest I've ever gotten to dialoguing my life is live streaming. And that's just me playing games and shouting like an <laughs> idiot. So not anywhere close. But my therapist had an interesting take on this, which is why I ultimately did it. And she said, I am the, she recognized that I am the kind of person. And, and first off, this is a sign of a good therapist. A good therapist will know who you are or know how you interact with people and guide you towards tools that use that kind of interaction to help you. My therapist rec recognized that I am the kind of person who doesn't solve problems internally to my head. I need to talk to somebody or I need to figure something out. And in that sense, a journal is almost like talking to myself. It's putting stuff on paper for me makes it almost more real than anything else. And so what she specifically told me to do was anytime I felt dysphoria or anytime I started questioning my gender to write about why, what caused it to, what caused me to question it? What were those signs? And then being a physics nerd, I could look at trends. I could see when did my dysphoria trigger? What caused it? What did you I do about it? can science the shit say? out of this. I could science the shit out of my writing. It was great. I could make graphs if I, I didn't make graphs, but I could have made spreadsheets and graphs, God oh damn it. <laughs> and so in that sense, a journal became a tool to talk to myself, to get a window into who I was and have those conversations when I, there was no one to have them with. The long story short of the journal is it gives you tools to have conversations and talk to yourself and notice things that are going on in your life. And I think, that is a very powerful tool to have. And it's a journal is a way to quote unquote, have a therapist without paying a hundred dollars in my opinion. Like, don't get me wrong. It's never going to replace the services of a therapist. 
or what a therapist is doing, really give it a try. Especially if you are questioning um, and you're like, I don't think I'm trans. I don't know if I'm trans or, or whatever. It can be a really good way. Most importantly, um, I found my brain would gloss over things that had happened. So I would be sitting there and being like, ah, I'm not trans. I hardly ever feel dysphoria. And then I'd look at my journal and like, oh, look at these nine instances of dysphoria that happened today mm-hmm. for like nine out of the 12 hours I was awake. Yeah, definitely not trans. Definitely yeah. not. So, so <laughs> it gave me a paper record, uh, as it were. And it wasn't actually a paper record because I took my notes on a tablet because I was a cool, hip, tech- techie lady and took all my notes on a tablet. But you get oh the gosh. picture. It was in writing, and I could reference it. And I think I think that, that was very helpful for me. So that is a tool I would highly recommend if you're questioning and not sure is catalog your thoughts. It might help you put them together in a new way and give you a new insight into how you actually feel. Yep, and I am I am definitely somebody who has to write her thoughts out. I am not a off-the-cuff kind of girl. I like to think things through. I have sticky notes galore over here of what I want to talk about, either in the stream, on the episode. I do this for my day-to-day life. And so uh, writing stuff out has always been really important to me. I have a notebook in there from when I did student teaching uh, that is full. And I mean page to page, front and back, and cursive full of me writing my ideas out. Uh, writing out my observations, my feelings, what I'm seeing, what I'm thinking, and it's stupid because I was young and stupid. Uh, but I, I, that's how I communicate to both myself and clarify my thoughts. And so one of the things my therapist recommended was, as Lena said, journaling your shit. And so I have the Google Keep app, uh, which oh, lets that's you... Oh, a good one. It's such a good app. It syncs up whatever Google account you got. Uh, it's kind of like docs, but it's a lot less intensive. So um, it's literally just like sticky notes. Super good. Yeah. Um, you can just go in, add a new note, type whatever you want, and it's there. You can erase them real quick later if you want. Uh, but for my assignments, that's what I did. I kept my phone with me. I would go through and I would just type, and then I would be gone. And sometimes they are useful in other ways. Like I said, I write my thoughts out. So almost every coming out conversation I have written down. Uh, I have probably since deleted them. They are not that important to me and I kind of don't want to have the Spark Notes version of one of the more terrifying conversations of my life. But they did help me in the time of going, I need to hit this bullet point. If this comes up, I need to talk about this. If this comes up, I need to talk about this. And so it would going into that mindset of writing shit down so that I know who I'm talking to uh, and what they might ask and things that they might ask that I didn't have written down, I can go like, okay, I can handle this level of panic. I'm good. So anyway, yeah, writing down is very, very helpful. Yep, agreed. I have one more thing I want to talk about because okay, one of the things that I wanted to know was how do I present femme without going to the other genders Walmart section or whatever oh, and getting yeah. dirty looks? That and actually, I have a thing I'll also say on this. Amazon. Amazon. Go ahead. Amazon. Yes, Amazon. One of the things that was the biggest source of dysphoria for me was my chest. And I've talked about this ad nauseum, but... It was a physical pain. I still feel it some days. It's a serious physical pain in my chest of what should be there and what's not. And so one of the things that helped counteract that and helped me present femme when I didn't have anything was not stuffing it with stuffing bras or whatever with socks, 
I went onto Amazon and I ordered something like a 34B, 36B uh, breast form. And that's the mm-hmm. term, breast form. And they are just silicone, usually, uh, little gel filled things for like what I had was 30 bucks. Uh, and wow. they, yeah, it was super cheap. They got beaten. not cheap. I know. They they come exceptionally expensive for various reasons, and they can be very, very, very realistic. I just needed something to fill out a bra. And so I got some cheapos. And just having the weight on my chest of having actual breasts uh, helped my dysphoria a ton. It didn't help it enough, so that I eventually got onto HRT. But that being said, being on HRT almost a year, I don't use them anymore. And I haven't really used them since I guess about month three of HRT so Amazon is going to be your friend they ship I don't know if anybody who goes and sees an Amazon package and knows exactly what's in it mine came in a box it was the same inconspicuous Amazon box that you're going to find anywhere there is something called a gaff that you can find that is essentially tucking Uh, which is tucking parts of your body in between other parts of your body and helps smooth things out so that you can wear things a little more femme and not have a bulge, you know. Uh, Binders are available online uh, and all sorts of things like that. If you want to find specific stuff or go like, which binder do I get? What do I do? Which uh, gaff is great? Ask Transgender is great. Uh, The $20 one that comes up when you search for gaff on Amazon is fine. I don't personally like it, but I do use it to this day. So, uh, mine were twenty dollars for a pack of six. So I want you that. Can go cheap too. Give me that. <laughs> it was nice. Well, I threw them away. No, I don't need them. They anymore. wouldn't fit me anyway. I'm, I'm <laughs> minuscule. Give me the link, dingus. <laughs> uh, oh, the the reason I chuckled while you were talking about breast forms was my first thought was. I liked my breast forms so much, I got them installed. Oh my god. (laughs) 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 Oh, boob jokes. Yeah, boob. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, The thing I wanted to say on Amazon and presenting, actually, I wanted to say, uh, especially since we're talking, this episode is aimed at people who are questioning. if you feel comfortable presenting, go for it. But I also want to say, you do not have to present to be trans. Nope. I, the first time that I presented female, ever, I had been on hormones for eight months. The first time I presented female ever, I went full time a week later, because I'd waited that long. So you don't have to present like some people find presenting early really helpful. For me, wearing feminine clothing pre-HRT made me dysphoric because it made me realize more and more how much further I had to go. So again, like if there's one thing I want to stress about transition, it is that it is at your own pace and your own comfort level. There is no right answer. There is no correct solution on how quick you should do it or how, when you should present or, Um, You got to meet these six criteria in order to be trans. None of that is true. The only thing that is required for you to be trans or non-binary or gender fluid or cis is that you say you are. Mm -hmm. So whatever pace it takes for you to get there, that's cool. Yep. And if you are interested in HRT, 
there are going to be therapists and doctors that will require state regulated tick boxes to be checked unfortunately that being said i believe there's informed consent where you can just go to like a planned parenthood the nearest one to you and sign i know that i'm doing this i know the risks Mm -hmm. the side effects of this and i'm gonna sign up for this and the only reason i say planned parenthood is because they're trans positive (laughs) uh you could probably find a doctor in your own area when i went they gave me the same informed consent form though she did Mm. ask in order for me to be on hrt she did ask for the letter from a therapist so yeah and obviously those answers change if you're outside the u.s so that's going to depend on on your region but for the u.s that's 100 percent. there are ways to diy at home my only concern with that is that there's no way for you to personally check your levels which could lead to things like liver disease kidney failure and heart disease so yes i really would rather you go with a medical professional than trying to diy that being said i would not be averse to being diy if i had no other way because i would much rather Um, be alive with some health problems than you know the alternative (laughs) yes agree so I would always recommend against DIY if you have an alternative. But if your other alternative is to no longer be here, living, then <laughs> I'd rather you be here than not be yes. here. With so, the eventual anyway. goal to get medical help, you know. Yes. Just if you do have to DIY because DIY, that's your only alternative, please be safe and aware of it. Mm-hmm. it Understand risks. the risks because okay. there are actual risks if you're not careful. Yep. All right. I think that's everything I had to say about this topic. Aaron, was there anything else that you wanted to say before we do our really silly thing? Uh, I think that's everything I want to do. We've talked about uh, uh, building a support network. We've talked about finding a therapist. We've talked about uh, treating dysphoria, shopping for things inconspicuously so you can experiment. Uh, I think that is everything. All right. Well, then I think it's time to move on to our really silly thing. And this week is an extra special week because we have two really silly things. Ta-da! But our first really silly thing is a repeat of last week's really <laughs> silly thing, which is Transistor Radio Live, which for those of you listening, thank you for being thank here you. because we are live a right thank now. You. A thank you. A thank you. A thank you. And for those of you watching in archive land, also thank you for being here. You get to see us do this in video and you can see how much I talk with my hands. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> um, so, we are doing this live thing again next week. And honestly, probably going to do it a lot more often because it's just kind of fun. It is fun. Um, but at the very least, we'll be doing it next week, February 24th. We will be live recording episode 28. I talked about this all the way at the beginning. That will be at my Twitch TV channel, which is Zena the Shadow, or Aaron's Twitch TV channel, which is Aaron is Streaming. Um, all the links will be in the description again. It's going to start at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time um we're gonna do some questions actually do the recording do some more questions and then at 4 p.m eastern standard time or a little earlier depending on how questions go we will start playing games with the community so it's gonna be a fun time it's basically the whole sunday come hang out whenever you want you can always catch the recorded episode um as well if you want to watch the archive will be there for about two Um, weeks before twitch deletes it for two weeks while well, I'm recording the episode as well. So eventually I'll set up a YouTube channel and upload my stream recording. So you will always be able to find it at some point. But that is that. We already announced that earlier. We're just announcing it again for consistency. Consistency. All right. Consistency. What's our All other right, one? So our other really silly thing is the game that has utterly consumed my free time. And mine. Is- 
Apex Legends. I have played so much Apex Legends, and you have probably heard of Apex Legends already because it's a freaking phenomenon how fast it's grown. It is free to play, which means that there are loot boxes that you can purchase but do not need to purchase mm -hmm. uh, game where it is a team-specific battle royale, a team of three drops with a whole crew of 60 people around a fairly small map. You go around, you do the shooty shoots and the boomy booms, and you try to be the last one standing. It is super fun. There are actual uh, LGBT characters, such as the uh, Bloodhound has been confirmed by the voice actor to have been uh, non-binary. They are one of the greatest characters and most useful with their abilities. The other one is Gibraltar, who is a uh, at least either gay or bi. Uh, man who is a really good useful tank so yeah uh, it's nice to have some representation in there and we have no confirmation about anything else in the other characters we might later it's whatever i always i like finding representation like that because it makes you kind of want to be like hey there's things there so i'm crossing my fingers that bangalore is gay <laughs> she's my I, main I, and i want her to be lgbt I personally uh, ship Bangalore and Wraith. I think they would be cute. But... Yes, they'd be such a cute couple. Like, for real. Like, I get it. It's a game about shooting people. But come on. Let's talk about the ships, all right? Like, for real. That Bangalore Wraith There's a drop ship. ship. There's a supply ship. <laughs> Look, they even have a cute ship name, okay? It's Wraithalore. Like, come on. That sounds like the come most on. badass mech dinosaur that's ever existed. I know, right? It sounds like a combination of a Rathalos and a Bangalore. And what could go wrong? <laughs> Can you imagine? You get into a game of Monster Hunter World and you're hunting the Rathalos and it's like, pop it, smoke! Oh <laughs> yes. And then it shoots fireballs at you. Yes. Oh, I'd be so down for that. All right. <sighs> anyway, All I right. love it. It's free to play. Go yes. play with friends, go play with randos, mm -hmm. go play. It is so and worth it's the download. it's going to be the game that we're going to be streaming at 4 p.m. with listeners who want to play. And it's totally free. Like, you can try it out. There's no cost to you to try it. Literally, I just make it an origin recommend. account. Yeah, it's super easy to try. Uh, and that's one of the reasons it's going to be the game we play. So if you are here listening to us live and want to play games with us, stick around because we're going to stream it live. And if you want to play it with us live but didn't make it to this live stream, we'll be playing it again on April, or April, February 24th. I can time zones. And if you just like see me online, you should join me. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally, totally, totally. Because I, anyway, I, I play so much. <laughs> I play a lot. Although I'm also playing a lot of Kingdom Hearts. So Fair. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, I think that's everything I wanted to say about our really silly thing. Aaron, was there anything else you wanted to say before the end of this episode? I love our trans siblings. Oh, I love our trans siblings too. Well, with that, this has been Trans Sister Radio, a Story Thus Far Network podcast. If you have topics you'd like us to talk about, please send us an email at staff at storythusfar.com with TSR or Transistor Radio in the subject line. You can also send a tweet at our Twitter page, which is at storythusfar, or our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash storythusfar. And if you're like me and can't remember anything for more than 30 seconds, you can just head to www.storythusfar.com and find everything I just mentioned and even more great content. So thanks for listening to this episode of Transistor Radio Live and also not live. We'll catch up with you next time. But for now, it's time for us to end transmission. Bye. Bye. This definitely isn't the second time we're doing this. Bye. Bye.
but until then, it's time for us to end transition. Transmission. Dang it! I screwed it up! Yeah, you ruined it! You ruined it! Time for us to end transmission. In transmission, not in transition. I'm so sorry.